Good morning. Just want to say um, again, welcome. If this is your first time here, it is great to have you with us. Um, my name's Nigel. I'm part of the leadership team here at Gateway. Um, just to say, if you are new, if this is your first week, we do have little connect cards out in the foyer um, just to fill in your details so that we can keep in touch with you and let you know what's uh, going on in the life of Gateway Church so that you can get involved. So if that's you and you're new, please do fill in one of those cards. And we would love to meet you at the end as well. Um, so please come and say hi. But it is, it is great to have you with us. And welcome to everybody else as well. So as you probably are aware, we, um, Colin introduced last week our new uh, preaching series in John. And we are going to journey with John, as we heard last week, through this year and maybe beyond, who knows. But uh, the book of John, his letters, uh, maybe the book of Revelation, we'll get there hopefully at some point as well. But uh, we begin John today and... Um, if you're just coming in from the loo or you've just walked out or something, you might be forgiven for thinking, suddenly Christmas has come again because we're in John 1. Has anyone ever heard um, John 1, 1, uh, first chapter of John read, other than at Christmas? Yeah, okay, good. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> anyway, we're going to try and rescue it from Christmas. It is one of the most amazing passages of Scripture. Um, so... Let me remind you, before we read it, just what um, Colin said last week about John's purpose in writing his gospel. So we read in John chapter 20, verse 31. He says, I've written this so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Okay, so that's what he's about as he writes the gospel, and that's as we begin to read it today and over the coming weeks, it's written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And John doesn't mess around. He goes straight into um, the heart of what his gospel is about, the person of Jesus. This is all about getting to know Jesus. This is uh, about making much of who Jesus is. John knows him well. He's uh, one of his closest friends. He's journeyed with him. And, he, and his passion is that we would know who Jesus is and, and see something of his glory. And so he gets straight on with that at the beginning of John's, uh, at the beginning of his gospel. This bit is kind of a summary of what's to come. He introduces a lot of the key themes that will come later in his book. Um, but straight away, the truth breaks in on us. So let's, let's read uh, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. Amen? There's just one or two things to unpack in this. Um, No, there's quite a lot there really, isn't there? So let's pray as we start. Father, I want to thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this amazing uh, gospel that John has written for for us, Lord. Thank you that it's not some dry text, but actually John's desire. And Lord, our desire as we come to you this morning is that we might have life through understanding what you've written in your word. So Lord, I pray this morning that you would bring life to us. Lord, that we would know more of life because we've understood what your word says to us. So Lord, we pray, reveal to us, Lord, by your spirit, come amongst us now, Lord, Let your spirit work in our hearts and our minds that we might have a revelation, a greater understanding, more comprehension, more insight into who you, Jesus, who you are. Thank you that you're amongst us by your spirit. Lord, we pray, reveal yourself to us this morning for your glory in our day. Amen. So God steps in. Let me give you a different take on it. This is from the poet uh, who I love, um, who I've read stuff of his before, Gerald Kelly. He, He puts the first few verses like this. Right at the start, before anything had happened, when nothing that would be made had yet been made, there was a source code for everything. The source code was the maker's way of making things. Because it was what he himself was made of, Each thing and everything made by the maker has the source code at its center. Every ingredient, every invention, every part and particle marked, stamped, infused, which that, with that which makes life possible. Later, after the making of many things, a quite remarkable, specific thing happened. It was a singularity, a one-off. The source code of everything became a something. He entered into life, pushed out legs, took on a body and a beard. He was as human as every human born before him, but unlike any human ever born. He was a straight line in a world of twists and turns, a resounding yes to the second chance. Against the chorus of condemning cries, the source code walked the world, whose fabric he himself had woven. The one who had made us was one of us, and we saw that the maker's mark was on him. Something shone from him that shook us all. He sounded out a note so clear and true that it is sounding still, and the very noise of hell can't drown it out. Amen? 
This is Jesus. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Jesus, who stepped into history. God, who punched a hole in the roof of the universe and stepped in, became a man, took on flesh, became one of us. Made it possible for us to know life, to know God. So let me tell you three, uh, four things, hopefully, about Jesus from this passage. So let's begin with this. Jesus is the reason for life. You're probably aware that the Bible begins with another in the beginning. So Genesis, in the Old Testament, the very start of the Bible, begins with, in the beginning, God created the world. And I think that John wants to kind of, he wants us to be aware of that parallel story. So God, in, in, in Genesis, he says, in the beginning, God created the world. But here, in John's gospel at the beginning, we hear, in the beginning was the word. So we, we, we know that God made the world. He made everything that exists. But actually, there's this other parallel creation story, if you like, new creation story. What is going on? We get an insight into what is going on before even the world was made. It's kind of a behind the scenes, if you like, of heaven, of where God dwells, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, we, we, we love a behind the scenes. Who doesn't love a, love a behind the scenes? They're on our tellies all the time. I don't know if anybody, if you have Netflix, I don't know if you've seen the one about the Beckhams. Anyone seen the, the program behind the scenes of the Beckhams? A few have. What It's amazing, isn't it? We're fascinated to see what happens in the lives of the rich and famous. What goes on when other people aren't looking, although... You're never quite sure. You've got a camera in your house, so how much of the actual reality are we seeing? But, but we did see all his T-shirts lined up in, all the, in the color order. Uh, amazing. That, what a wardrobe about the size of, uh, of our house. Um, <laughs> and that, what, that, to have a little barbecue hut like that. Where he, did you see that place in the middle of his garden? I, I may, well... And have his perspective on what happened through all the stuff that we saw on the telly. Okay, it is only another take, but it's fascinating to see kind of behind the scenes. But in John 1, what we, what we have referred to here is kind of a behind the scenes of heaven, of where God, God dwells. That Actually, before there was anything, before we existed, before creation came into being, there was God in perfect relationship in this loving relationship between the Father and the Son. And John says that uh, the, the, the word Jesus was at the Father's side, literally in the bosom of the Father. You can't get any closer than that. Our closest human relationships are a little hint for us of what was going on before creation even began in God, that he was loving him. One another, the, per- the three persons of the Godhead, the, the Father loving and preferring and cherishing and enjoying the Son, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, and vice versa, this amazing relationship. And yet, that's not the end of the story. And the reason for life, the reason for your life, the reason for my life, is that God, in his love and wisdom, wanted to create you and me, that we might be included in this, that we might be brought into this relationship, 
this incredible, perfect, loving, amazing relationship of joy and peace and cherishing at the heart of the universe that was happening even before creation, Jesus actually wanted to include us in that. There was a a son in that relationship. But God wanted to do something whereby we too might have the rights of sonship in that amazing relationship. That's incredible, isn't it? That God stepped into the world because that was what was necessary to win for himself many, many sons and daughters brought into the family of God, into that love, into that relationship. Jesus is the reason for life. Have you ever wondered what's the point of life? Why am I here We've been given life that we might know God, that we might be included and drawn into this relationship with him. That's at the heart of it. Not just knowing him from a distance, but brought into the family with all the rights and privileges of sons and daughters of the living God, the one who loves before anything is. There's a reason for your life, and he's a person to be loved and served and cherished and enjoyed. That's why you're here. Because he wants you in relationship with him. Amen? Jesus is the reason for life. Jesus is also the source of life. That John 1 says to us, life was in him. He is the very essence of life. It begins with him. And yet we know that other creation story, that human beings, man in our wisdom decided that we wanted to go our own way, that we wanted to rebel against God's ways. We wanted to be in charge of our own lives, to run things for ourselves, to be in charge of the show. And so we kind of turned away from this God who is the source of all life. The design plan was that we would be reflectors of him, that we would bear his image, that we would shine with his life. But, but he's a source of it. And as we turned away to do our own thing, to run lives ourselves, actually, we turned to darkness because without him, there is no light. It's as if we're to be reflectors. That's the plan. But as we turned away from God, so darkness came. And yes, we still had life. We had natural life, but it began to decay, and it would end in death. And the Bible says in terms of our spiritual life, that essence, that, that, the life of God that he wanted to be in us, we were actually spiritually dead because we turned away from God. We were dead in our sins. We were dead in our trying to run life ourselves. But Jesus, through love, because he wanted to include us, because he wanted to draw us back in to that relationship of love, because he wanted to give us the right to be sons and daughters, stepped into the world, stepped in and became a man, stepped in and went to the point of dying on a cross, that the light might once again pierce the darkness That us who had turned away and become darkness would have the right again to be full of light, to know life. And you might think, well, we've got life. 
No, but the Bible says we're spiritually dead until we believe in the name of Jesus, until we put our faith in him, until we receive again life from him, we're dead. We're spiritually dead. We're decaying and life will end when, when this present life ends. But the offer from Jesus is life in its fullness because he is the source of life. So the light broke into the darkness, broke into our darkness, stepped in, and the darkness couldn't extinguish it, couldn't put it out. Not to give us a load of rules, not to put limits and restrictions on us and kind of say, well, no, you can't live like this. This is how you need to live, to, to make it more difficult, to put boundaries around. Not, no, no, no. Not to make us morally better, but to make us spiritually alive. God came not to make a better race of people. He came to make a whole new race that would have life in them, that would have his life in them again. Jesus is the reason for life. Jesus is the source of life. Number three, Jesus is also the authority for life. He's the truth, the word. That word in Greek, the word was with God. The word, the logos, it has a number of different aspects to its meaning. But one is that he, was, he is the truth. He has the authority on how life is to be lived because he's the author. Amen? Authority comes from author. He made life so he knows how it works. It was his plan. It was his invention. He is life itself, and so he knows how it's to be lived. We spend a lot of time trying to work out, don't we, how is it that we live? There's constant debates. Human beings are great at coming up with all sorts of ways that we think it's okay to live or not okay to live, and we debate them, and we, uh, we pass opinion on them, but if you want to know how life is to be lived, go to the author of life. Amen? He is the authority for how life is to be lived. I don't know if you remember sitting in um, English lessons. We've all been there. We had to do it. We had to study, I don't know, Shakespeare or whatever else it was. And we'd all pass opinion, and that was what we were encouraged to do, pass opinion on oh, what the author might have meant by this, and when he said, use this word, and you debate, and you write long essays about, well, I think he might have meant this, and as he turned his face away, that probably implies this thing in his heart that comes from his childhood, and, you know, we make all these theories, don't we? Uh, or it's like going into an art, have you ever been into an art gallery, and you see this amazing picture, which is worth millions, and it's just a little blue box in the corner, and everybody's going, oh, I wonder what he meant by, I wonder what the author intended, I wonder what was, what was in him that made him do that line of red down there. <laughs> but you know, what a difference is made if the artist walks in the room, or the author comes into your English discussion then kind of that's the end of the debate, isn't it? Because he knows what he meant when he made it. And it's the same with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's not just that he knows what it, how it's to be lived because he's the author. It's actually also that he has stepped in. He stepped into 
He took on human form. He dwelt as a man. He lived, he knows what it feels like to be you and me. He's actually lived as a human, fully human, although he's fully God. And so he is the authority for life. Amen. I don't know if is there a situation where you're that you're struggling with, something where you know people are giving you different opinions on how you should live, or you've got a decision to make, and you're like, what what? Go to Jesus. He's the author of life. Amen. Don't mess around with other people's opinions. Well, other people are helpful. No, let, let, let's get. But sometimes we don't go to Jesus first. He's the author of life. He's the authority. He's the reason for life. He's the source of life. He is life itself. It only comes from him. You can't find it anywhere else. And he's the authority for life. The final one. Jesus is the future of life. John says in in verse 14, we have seen his glory full of grace and truth. But you know, we've only seen a little bit, haven't we, so far? And there's a whole lot more to come, the Bible tells us. So Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 says this, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then in the future, when his kingdom comes in full, Then we will see him face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So there's something that we glimpse. We've seen it in his word. We feel his presence, but there is so much more to come. Amen? And I think so often we're focused on this life. We're heads down trying to get through, and I understand why that is. But there's, there's so much more. There's a big story that we're now part of. If you're given the right to be sons and daughters of the living God, because Jesus stepped into history and gave you life, then that makes you inheritors of everything that is. Amen? If you're sons and daughters of the living God, then you will inherit. And the Bible tells us that he, in time, is making all things new. That there will be a new heavens and new earth. And the sons and daughters of God will be the inheritors of that. Amen? And so we see a little bit right now, but we need to know that God has welcomed us into life in its fullness. Life forever. Life, new heavens and new earth. Life right in the heart of God, being part of this relationship of love that has gone on throughout all of eternity. We're welcomed into that. But with new heavens and new earth, redeemed brought back into relationship, knowing the glory of God for all of eternity. We, we can't, the thing is, we can't get our heads around it, but this is what needs to shape who we are in the present. Amen? Jesus is the future of life. We've just begun the journey. We've only just begun the journey. This is all to come. This, this bit is the hardest bit, folks. That's the spoiler. Future with Jesus in relationship with the God, with, with the Godhead for all of eternity. That, I reckon that will be okay. Peter describes our inheritance like this in 1 Peter chapter 1. 
imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And then, he, and then Paul, Paul in, in Romans 8, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Because, and creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Do you know that? Creation waits because of what is to come, because of the enormity of what Jesus has done in breaking in, stepping into the world, taking on flesh, bringing life to us that we might once again, though we were spiritually dead, have life in him because he stepped in and took on flesh died on a cross in our place that we might once again know the life of God in us and inherit this privilege, this right to become sons and daughters of the living God because of that for all eternity. We get to be with, I don't, can't even remember what the end of that sentence was going to be. It was so long. But he's done it. And we get to step in to the experience of being sons and daughters of God. What an amazing thing. With Jesus as our elder brother. And it see, I know it seems so far from our comprehension right now in, in some ways. And yet, John says, you have seen his glory. And we have a bit. But our desire is for more of that, isn't it? Because Jesus is the source of life. He's the reason for life. He's the authority for living. Sorry, he's the, he, he is the authority for life. He's how we, we measure how life is to be lived. And he is the future. There's only one type of life in the future, in the new heavens and new earth, and that is Jesus' life. Decaying natural life is, is going to end, but Jesus' new heavens and new earth, with his sons and daughters redeemed, goes on forever. Amen? And we need to live life now in the light of these truths, of what Jesus has won. Everything changed because Jesus stepped in. No wonder what John wants to say, look, there's another creation story. Yes, you know in the beginning God created, but there's another story. There's another in the beginning where God was in perfect love, and yet Jesus stepped in. And yet Jesus stepped into history. Jesus stepped in knowing that he would be rejected by the Father, the one that he'd been in this incredible relationship with throughout eternity, and yet he knew that he'd be rejected by the Father. The Father that knew that he was going to have the Son killed in order to that we, dead in our sin, stuck with no future, might actually inherit everything might be sons and daughters of the living God. It's good, isn't it? It's, a, it's good truth, yeah? So what today? So what difference does that make today? So there's, there's a couple of things that um, are here in John chapter 1 that I'd just love to invite us in. And the first is this, that we need, John says, to believe in his name. We need to believe in Jesus' name. And there'll be many people here today who have believed, who have taken that step of believing in Jesus' name. 
That may not be true of everyone in this room, and ev- but every one of us has a decision to make in our lives. Actually, every one of us has to get to the point where we decide who Jesus is. Where we respond to this incredible event that has happened in history, where God stepped in to life, took on human flesh as a man, died on a cross in our... We've got to decide how we respond to this Jesus. He is the central person in all of history. And each of us must respond. I mean, we can understand the truth and step back and say, yeah, I, I believe this might be true. But actually, if we want to be partakers of this life that is in Christ... If we want to know more than just decaying natural life, which will end in death. Then we actually have to take a step in. We actually have to respond. We actually have to, John says in chapter one, he says, to those who received Jesus, he gave the right to become sons and daughters. The right to become children of God. So there's a receiving of Jesus. We have to come to the point where we recognize that actually we have been one of those who turned away from God, who decided that we could run lives, we could run our lives ourselves, that we could be in charge and that would be just fine. That we we turned, we rejected the light and the life of God. We actually have to get to the point where we acknowledge that that was us, that actually we are in need of a savior, of Jesus who would come and die in our place, that the punishment that was due to us for our rebellion would be on him and we might know life and forgiveness and future and hope. But we've got to receive him. We've got to believe on his name. Believe in his name, John says, in order that we might receive this life and know life forever with God. And it may be that this morning you're at that point in a, in a room this size, there will be those who have not yet believed in his name. But we've got to come to that point, each of us, at some point. And I would love to invite you, if that's you and you haven't yet believed in him, I'd, like, I'd love to invite you this morning to put your faith in Jesus, the one who stepped in, the one who knows what it's like to be human, the only way to life, because he is life himself, the only way to life in its fullness for eternity enjoying relationship with God. So it may be that that's you this morning and you need to believe in the name of Jesus. But the other thing is that I believe that we need to behold his glory. We need to see again the glory of Jesus. John says, you have seen his glory. But the thing is, we've seen bits and pieces And life is very full, and we're distracted by all sorts of things. But what I want to call us to as we begin this series and as we begin this year is actually to behold the glory of Jesus again, to to open ourselves again to the glory of Jesus, if you like. To say, actually, you are the source of life. You are life itself. And actually, the thing that I most need in my life at this point is to know more of you, Lord Jesus. We're all at different points in life. We're all challenges. We all have different challenges. Some are up, some are down. 
There are things that face us this year, but actually, at the heart of the matter, the thing that we all need more of is Jesus. See, he's the author. He is light. He is life itself. He is the only one who really knows what we're walking through and how actually we're to live. We need to behold again his glory. And you know, I love... I loved it that um, I love that we've done this morning what we've done in terms of praying for people who need healing. That we've uh, that some of our young people are kind of bubbling up and going. There must be more than this. We see, we read stuff in the Bible, and we've seen bits of it. We've we've beheld bits of your glory, Jesus. But if you're the if you're who you say you are, if you're the Creator who stepped into the world to win me back to relationship with you, then there's more, isn't there? And we want more of that glory. And there's promises in the Bible that we haven't yet seen. And and my passion is that we don't settle where we are in life. But actually, we go after this Jesus who is the source of all life. Uh, Whatever you're facing today, the answer is more of Jesus. Amen? It must be, mustn't it? And I want to invite you to go after Jesus again. Whatever it is in your life that connects you to God. You know, for, we're different personalities. We work in different ways. What is it? Where is it that you've seen most of God? You've felt most of his presence. Do that again. Go after him. It, it has to be worth it. I love that we've got those amongst us, our young people right now who are saying, there's got to be more. Why, why aren't we going after this again? Why aren't we going after more of his presence, more of his glory? He's the creator. He's the author. He's the one who gives us life. So I want to invite us to go pursuing Jesus again today. And as we go into this year, you know, we've, as we've started this year, we've had that sense as we've gathered that God wants to stir our hearts again. And, and, and maybe we often say that in some ways, but but I think that's a good thing because we, we get distracted by so many things. There are so many things that crowd into our lives. And, and again and again, we've got to shake ourselves up and go, no, no, Jesus. The only reason I've got hope is because of him, because he stepped in. And so let's pursue him again with passion and with energy and not giving up. Amen. There's more. There's more. We've heard stories of God being amongst, the presence of God, the glory of God amongst his people. I believe that's his intention, that the world might see that Jesus has stepped in and that life has come. That the light came into the darkness, the darkness couldn't overcome it. And do you know where the light is now? It's you and me. Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, he says, you now. You were dead. You were darkness. But now you are light. You are light now. You shine with this light. Let's know more of him, shall we? Let's pursue him in these days. These guys getting up the front and saying, come on, surely there's more of God to be seen. Surely he wants to break out amongst us. Surely there's healing. Surely there's miracles to be seen. That's not youthful exuberance. That's responding to what God's done in coming to rescue us, isn't it? 
That's responding to what God's done. He's coming to get hold of us for an incredible life with him, an incredible future. And now we say, God, won't you break in that this light might go forth, that more of the darkness around us might be expelled, that we might shine brighter in our day, that more might come to believe in the name of Jesus and have life, where otherwise there is no hope. Otherwise, there is just darkness. Amen? So let's, let's respond to Jesus in this way. If you know that today for you is the day that you need to believe in Jesus for the first time, you need to respond to him. You need to submit to him. You need to receive him by faith and ask him to forgive your rejection of him previously. You need to receive life. I'd love to invite you to just be bold and stand up this morning. If that's you, if you know today you need to believe in Jesus for the first time, why don't you stand now? I know it's a hard thing to do. You might say, look, I've been around church for a long time. But actually, I know that I need to take that step. I need to actually believe in Jesus and know his life come into mine. I've never really done that before. I've never really said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and I'm going to follow you. If you've never done that, I'd love to invite you to take that step this morning. And I'd love you just to be bold and courageous and stand up this morning. And if there's nobody in that position this morning, that's okay. But, you know, one of the things I believe as we go through John, as we respond to what God is doing amongst us, is actually that more and more we need to put out that invitation. Because there will be those amongst us who have not yet believed in Jesus. And so we need to keep putting that invitation. We need to keep asking and saying, is this the day where you need to take that step of putting your faith in Jesus and following him? And if you're here and you know that's you today, then please just come and speak to me at the end or one of us and we'll pray for you and talk about your next steps. But for others of us, I'd love just to invite those who are saying, yep, in my situation, I need more of Jesus. Actually, I know the answer for me right now. And it might not even be a situation. It might be, yeah, I recognize my... My, my heart's grown a bit cold, actually. I'm a bit apathetic about the things of God. And yet, the creator has stepped in that you might have life, stepped into history. And he's calling us today. And I'd love a, those of you who are just saying, yeah, I, I need more of Jesus, actually. I, I need more of him in my life today. I want to pursue him. I want to know more of his glory. Actually, I want to do exploits for him. I want to know his presence and his power in greater measure that his light might come to others as well. If that's you, I'd love you to stand as well this morning. It may be that there's a specific situation and you need help from the author of life this morning. You say, I just don't know what to do about this. this I'm struggling with this, but Jesus, I know that you're the answer.
Because you're the author. Of course you know. And I need more of your presence. I need more of your glory. I want to see it in my life, in my day. Let's just lift our hands. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for this incredible love that has broken in on history, that has stepped in and taken on flesh. God, taken on flesh, died in our place that we might know life. Lord, we thank you for this incredible mercy and grace, this incredible love that has found us out, Lord. We thank you for the day when we realized, when our eyes were open, to see that you were the answer, you were the source, you were life itself. And Lord, we, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters this morning. I want to pray that you would come by your spirit in this place. I want to pray that you would flood each one of us. I pray that you would, um, you would breathe on us again, Lord. Breathe your life into us again, Lord. We want more of your life. We recognize life, uh, real life. It comes from you, Lord. You're the source. And so, Father, I pray for more of your life in us, coursing through us, Lord, stirring our hearts, melting our hearts when they're hard, bringing us back to you when we're in rebellion in different areas of life. Lord, uh, captivating us with your glory. Lord, we pray for more of your glory. I pray as we gather, Lord, that your glory, Jesus, the one who stepped in, the one who is the Godhead and yet stepped into human tabernacles, stepped in, took on flesh, came amongst us that we might have life. Lord, would you come again amongst your people? Would you come and be with us in greater measure in these days? Would you, as we worship, as we pray, would you come and manifest your presence amongst us? Lord, I pray amongst the hearts that are standing before you this morning, Lord, that you would stir a fresh passion in us. Lord, to pursue you, whatever it takes, no matter what the person next to us is doing, that we might have more of you, that we might see your presence and your power in us and through us, Lord, that many more would come to see that Jesus is Lord and that life is only to be found in him. Lord, we pray, come and stir our hearts where they're cold. Lord, where they're distracted, stir our hearts with fresh fire today, we pray, Lord Jesus. Come amongst us in greater measure, Lord. Set your people on fire with light and with life that all might see, that all around us might see Jesus has come. Jesus has made a way. Jesus has stepped in. I bless you today in the name of Jesus. I bless you with the presence and the power of the very source of life in your life. As you go about your business this week, be full of the Holy Spirit. Have the wisdom of God in you. Have the life of God pouring out of you to touch those around you. I pray for the glory of the name of Jesus. Amen.